Welcome to episode two of Conversations with Colour. This episode is with a low-key hero of mine, Julian George. Julian is known to be a serial creator, having founded many companies, including The Future Plate, whereby leading black chefs to use their culinary past and vision to influence the world palette and amplify African and Caribbean cuisine and culture. We discuss Julian's journey into the creative foray and then on to developing The Future Plate. We chat a little bit about my involvement, but I mainly just get reference as someone who steals his friends. This man has inspired me to jump headfirst into doing more work in their diversity and inclusion space, and never before have I met a hustler quite like Julian. He's got many friends too, by the way. Well, Julian, you're here, and yeah. welcome to my home. I've just realised that you've never been here before. No, uh, I haven't. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, um, a bit of a crazy... Apologies, a bit of a crazy pe- period at the moment, just because of how busy I am and uh, so much going on. But, you know, needed to make time for you. So oh, here I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know that you don't do that for everyone. So. No. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you are actually one of my favourite people that I admire. Is this what you say to all, all the guests? <laughs> Um, not quite everyone. <laughs> um, I had to say it to my mum, but that was about it. <laughs> um, but actually, I find it funny because we hadn't actually met, but I started working with you during the pandemic because I think Adam accidentally butt-dialed you, which I think was hilarious. I was like, oh, it was men. And he was like, mm, it started with a butt-dial. I was like, thank you. And there I was thinking that he was just thinking of me. So yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry if you didn't know that. <laughs> No, I didn't, no. Okay, As a well, first. well, there you go. <laughs> well, care and love. Um, but on with the questions, okay. so welcome. So you are one of the most creative and talented people, like just as a sentence and a statement. Um, but I, I say this to you all the time, where you're a bit of a silent hustler. I've never seen someone work as so eloquently, politely and silently as you. You will like make a connection and then suddenly it's like a whole event and I don't even see it coming half the time. Um, So how, because given your background, it's very creative and, um, sorry. Um, (laughs) Bella is making an appearance. Um, But how does someone with such a creative background, because you sort of started in photography, and then you kind of come through and like food, I know is a passion of you and your family. Um, but how did you decide to start your own venture? Because obviously that's not uh, an easy thing to do. Um, and then why have you decided to amplify the voices of black chefs? Um, take it back a little bit, actually. So um, my background is TV. So as a TV editor um, and that's where I, that's where I started off. And if you want to take it a bit further back, and then it's you know in the legal world, and because that's that's what I sort of studied, and then worked in a law firm, um, and from there um, moved into the creative space, um, because from a young age that's what I kind of wanted to to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do music in the form of uh, producing and uh, singing. And I always knew that I kind of wanted to follow that path later on in life um, because I found law to be quite narrow minded um, and it didn't sort of allow you to be uh, creative and work on various different projects. 
And so, yeah, um, got into editing um, off the back of working at the law firm. And then in the evenings, um, I had a friend who was a producer at uh, IMG, which is a production house. Um, and I used to go there and do what's uh, called digitizing. Um, nowadays, that process is non-existent because everything is digital. But back then, it used to be that you had the analog tape. And um, the process that I used to then have to go in and do in the evenings is uh, take the analog tapes, what had been recorded, and transform it, digitize it into uh, the digital form so that when the editors came in the morning, it was there ready for them to be able to access it through the editing software and crack on uh, with their day. Um, and just, you know, worked uh, really hard, avidly, pardon the pun, um, and decided at a certain stage that I certainly wanted to go down that route. Um, you know, had the conversation with various different people who are close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, wife's uh, sister, sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, um, because they're really creative. Um, and I said, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And they said, you know, certainly go for it. Um, because, you know, you're at an age now that you can make that transition, see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, you can go back to, to law again. And um, and a position came up as a, an edit assistant, um, and I, you know, went for that position. Um, and it's completely unknown for you to kind of go straight in at that position because if you've worked in that type of field, you sort of need to go through the ranks, as it were. You okay. need to sort of start off as a as a runner, you know, yeah. doing teas and coffees and what have you, and then you kind of uh um way up, I guess. yes you work your way up you go through to doing coffees then working in the tape room researcher and you know producer and then at the very uh, you know last stage if you're lucky you then get into the editing side of things because within production and tv everyone wants to either be um, an editor or a senior pro- uh, producer um and so it was completely out of the ordinary for someone to sort of go and skip all of that and go straight to an edit assistant, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of folks weren't happy about. If you're listening, I apologize that I sort of jumped over your head and, you know, but, you know, um, I guess it was the hard work and work ethic that yeah. the um, the the guys at IMG saw. Um, and so therefore, when I went for that position, I ended up getting it. Um, and yeah, just sort of carried on working hard and progressed from there on, really. Oh, that's lovely. Mm, yeah. And then the transition from being, I guess, in a paid role mm-hmm. to then doing your own thing. Yeah. Because you're now, what, fully your own um, venture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like that for quite some time, actually. So, you know, as I say, um, became an editor um, at IMG um, and it's all shifted work. Mm-hmm. And me being me as you know the the days that I wasn't working I'd seen what the other editors do there are a lot of them you know within the uh, creative field especially in TV it's freelance work so a lot of them were freelancers um but we call them permalance so they were freelancers but they're pretty much permanent at that uh, particular production house mm-hmm. um and so therefore my days off I started networking and looking elsewhere looking at different production houses um, and going off and starting to do some shifts there mm-hmm. so that because I knew that in order for you to progress and in order for you to start earning 
um, good amount of money you needed to sort of get on the freelance circuit. Um, and so, you know, from pretty much the get go, once I started honing in my craft, um, I started getting myself out there and started freelancing and combining the two. Um, and then after a while, I ended up leaving. Um, and a week or so later, I was called back again to IMGs as a freelancer and my wage, my, you know, my day rate or rate or uh, wage pretty much doubled or tripled uh, in the space of, you know, a week, week and a, and a half. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good move, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, a huge risk because a lot of people do do it. And if you haven't necessarily kind of done, um, the hard graft networking and building that, um, uh, contact, uh, list, then it can be quite tough to you to try and get, yeah. get yourself out there. Um, so yeah, I was on the freelance circuit doing stuff back at IMG in various different places. Um, and then I started free doing some stuff at Discovery Channel, um, and bumped into one of the editors from IMG who were there. Um, and you know, he said, Oh, uh, what are you doing here? I said, well, you know, same as you, mate, uh, I'm freelancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, well, there's a position that's going on, which is pretty much, you know, permalance. So you'd be... <laughs> essentially a contractor or a freelancer but they want you to be here on a day-to-day -day basis and every so often you'd leave and come back again for tax purposes if any of uh, the, the tax <laughs> folks are listening i didn't say that um <laughs> so for tax purposes you leave every few months and come back again just to make sure that you had a few other uh, uh clients on your books got it um and yeah that's that's where my stint in uh discovery started mm -hmm. um and i was there for probably about 10 years um at discovery channel um w working on the uh, documentary department um, and within you know TLC and all the various different um, uh, channels that Discovery uh, operate in but you know not just the Discovery channel itself they have various different channels that they own um, and they create content for um, so yeah so when you say I've worked for myself, you know, for quite some time. It's yeah, it's 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 been a while. It's been ever, a while. So yeah, ever ever since I left, um, I was uh, doing IMG. some mental maths because I was like, I actually don't know how old you are. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. Whenever I talk to people and I, you know, sort of go through my um, my journey up until the point where where I am now, they're sort of looking at me like, how old are you? How you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you've done this, you've done that, bit of everything. Yeah. Um, nice. But I, I still won't reveal how old I am. That's you'll okay. To, you'll have to work that one out. <laughs> we'll do a little bit of mental maths, but not too much. But that's fine. Um, okay. And coming into working with chefs, particularly, mm -hmm. um, I know that you've worked with quite a few of them for a while. And then I started working with you on the Made You Look. It wasn't a gallery. It was a showcase. Um. um yeah um so that you, you, i didn't necessarily sort of um answer your question that then transitioned into the photography side of things um whilst i was at uh discovery channel again as i say i don't necessarily just like to be working on one thing um i decided that you know i wanted to do photography now actually um i started a, a digital magazine whilst i was still at discovery channel which was called the mayor um, and essentially what that uh, the, the, the premise or the purpose of that was to try and find out why certain people excel 
above mm. others do they have certain traits that allow them to be able to you know you know propel and do extremely well whilst mm-hmm. others don't don't um and yeah with this digital magazine it was a passion project so, you know we ended up creating something special having various different people that worked on it um and i obviously couldn't do everything myself um and required you know uh photographers videographers editors to be able to form this team for us to be able to create this uh, um uh, digital magazine and how i envisioned things to look or for it to be executed um wasn't necessarily what the end result ended up being um not because the people that i was working with weren't amazing it's just that it's so hard to kind of translate exactly what your vision is and for it to even as as a as a creative and you doing it yourself Mm. what you initially envision it never really sort of turns out how you sort of saw it in your head very rarely does it do that because the creative process changes and you can't nail it exactly um and so i just kind of felt well you know what it's not exactly how i want it to be so i'm just going to pick up a camera and start doing it myself yeah um and really funny because prior um my uh wife julia will attest to this because before kind of getting into the editing space mm-hmm. um if i was the last person that you'd ask to take a picture because i was just really <laughs> really like crap i would just pick you know just hold it and just press and that was it i didn't really think about composition framing none of it and i couldn't get my head around um uh half uh shutter so when you sort of half press so that you can um uh get it in frame um uh, so that you can kind of uh, um, uh, position and ensure that it's clear and precise. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't understand it. So every time I went to sort of press, I would be, you know, half shutter, I'll end up pressing it and it would be blurry. It wouldn't be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you know, as I say, the framing was just atrocious. Um, but funny enough, after, you know, doing editing, because you're sort of at the end of the process, yeah. Um, you're going through footage that people have captured and framed. And so therefore you learn and subconsciously absorb uh, seeing how framing should be because, edit, you know, a mo- huge part of editing is ensuring that the different pictures or images that you're putting together mm-hmm. work seamlessly. So, you know, when I know it's completely changed, the old editing um, uh, approach has changed now in the sense that anything and everything goes, but kind of, I'm going to sound like really old as the the age kind of coming (laughs) through again back in the day. um, You kind of, there was a process to it. There was a format to it that you start something off with an establishing shot and then you may sort of go uh, with a mid shot um and then something tight because you're you know establishing shot is wide so you're introducing the scene as it were and then you slowly kind of bring the viewer in close um Mm. rather than sort of hard hitting straight away and you know the jump cuts that you see now the you know the harsh cuts certainly was a huge no-no you couldn't do that back then um so as i say absorbing all of that then meant that when i picked up the camera you know to start shooting myself it just kind of felt natural. I was able to, you know, frame it properly, um, do it on the filming and on the photography side of things. Um, And I then looked at the food scene 
and thought, oh, it'd be quite nice to, you know, get my foot into that. And, <laughs> uh, and it's incredibly hard for anyone to sort of break into that scene because it's such a close ne- uh, uh, network. Mm. Um, the photographers that are on the scene, they're very few and far between. Um, and they tend to basically, you know, get the, the jobs. It's just who you know that allows you to, to, to get booked. Um, so I looked at it and I kind of, you know, I was flicking through a magazine at one point and I sort of uh, saw um, that there was a, a charity which is called Action Against Hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on to, you know, their um, uh, Instagram page and thought, oh, they're... If you're listening to this again, Action Against Hunger, whoever was creating your content for you at the time, I do apologize, but it 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 looked shoddy. It just didn't look professional or, or anything whatsoever. So I kind you know I reached out to them and said, yeah, I can create your content for you for free. Um, oh wow! Okay, you know, it's part of my sort of contribution to the charity because what they do is um you know their kind of motto is that no one should go hungry and they uh, provide food um clothing uh, and the rest of it for folks in Africa and various different co- uh, countries um and so yeah you know I started doing some stuff for them videography and photography um and what that allowed me to do was get my foot into the door mm-hmm. um because a lot of the big name chefs um are associated with action against hunger oh, wow. so I ended up going to various different restaurants meeting you know a lot of the chefs that were on the circuit um that everyone knew but would be incredibly hard to reach if you didn't kind of you know have a a a side side door entry and that was my kind of entry into it Mm -hmm. um and then after doing that they then saw what i was creating yep when they then had you know commercial projects to be worked on they then reached out and said you know we've seen what you've done are you able to do this for us? And, you know, and that's how that kind of came about. And that's how I sort of got myself into the uh, the, the, the food scene. Um, and then, yeah, having worked in the uh, the, the food um, industry for quite some while um, as a food photographer and uh, videographer, I'd then been fortunate enough to go to various different restaurants here and abroad. Um, and majority of the time, kind of came across the only other brown skin that you sort of saw there <laughs> was the um the the kp the kitchen porter um and when uh the everything kicked off in in 2020 um the marches and the protests and everything was happening and i sort of felt you know um my wife's um um parents um especially her mum wasn't feeling great at the time and so therefore we wanted to isolate ourselves as best as possible and going to the march would have been silly you know for myself um you know i didn't feel too uh threatened or scared about the whole thing but you have to yeah. kind of think about everyone else around you rather than you know just yourself so i didn't go to the marches and the protests that were happening mm-hmm. and i kind of thought to myself well what can i do to sort of help or you know add to the flow and let my my voice be heard um and creativity is you know one of my best tools so i you know sat down and thought to myself well why don't we do um uh, a portrait series of as many black chefs as possible um because 
it's completely unseen. Um, they don't get the plaudits that they deserve. Their stories aren't told. A lot of people, you know, won't necessarily know that you have chefs that, um, in regards to the positions that they hold, mm-hmm. that can, you know, vary from someone that's at entry level right up uh, up uh, to um, a chef uh, patron. Um, and it was the perfect timing just because, you know, it was you know, COVID lockdown, mm-hmm. no one was really working, all of the chefs, you know, all the restaurants and everything were closed. And so when I reached out to so many of these chefs, um, they're just like, yep, definitely, let's do it. So we're able to kind of come together to be able to do the shoot. Um, and it was, for me, really breathtaking in the sense that, you know, there was there was a moment, I think, for, for, for myself and for everyone else, we're in the studio and we sort of looked around um, and, you know, in a professional environment, for me, this was the first time after leaving school that I was in a room full of people that looked like me. Because, you know what I mean? Because once you kind of enter the workforce, if you want to be able to sort of progress, you know, Folks that, as you go up. Yeah. folks that look like you seem, <laughs> <laughs> seem to just fall away <laughs> I mean, it's very rare that you kind of came across the, you know um another person let alone be it that it's a room full yeah. uh full of you um and we always you know there's the moment we also looked around and it was just like wow you know we're having fun we're being completely and unapologetically ourselves listening to music and acting in a certain way that you know that you would normally do when you're just hanging out with your friends yeah but you're in that professional environment and you know creating something and that just felt amazing this episode is supported by unheard the company that means music marketing has never been easier over 65,000 artists from 129 countries have used unheard to run powerful marketing campaigns Unheard provides a data-led marketing platform that helps artists reach their most valuable fans in just a few clicks. Check them out today. Um, and little did we know that what we were creating at that point would hit the way it did. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, we did did the shoot um, with, I think it ended up being about 31 different chefs because the idea was to post one a day throughout the month of October to celebrate yeah. Black History Month. Um, and then it just sort of blew, you know, off the scale. Um, ended up exhi- exhibiting in various different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, obviously, as you say, that we started kind of talking to see how we can kind of but, amplify and further yeah. uh, and take it a bit further than that. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. You were on billboards. <laughs> it was it was so exciting. And I think also I was at a time where the job I was in, you know, it was a huge conversation. And I think it was, I remember struggling in that role quite a lot because I think people are wanting to learn and that's a very beautiful thing. And they're making mistakes, but sometimes the mistakes whilst should be forgiven if people are learning, when there's so many in such a short space of time is so emotionally draining. Um, and then we chatted and I was like, oh, I feel re-energized. Like I've got purpose and this is so exciting. Um, and I was obviously more than happy to help out. But I think it was funny because Adam was just like, yeah, Alicia will do it. And I was like, you didn't really ask, but okay. But I, I definitely did do it. So it was great. Um, but no, I think one of my favorites is 
and I spoke to Ope about it because she was like, yeah, they just kind of threw habanero peppers in my face. And I was like, oh, but I knew when I looked at her picture, I was like, oh, if we had met, we would be best friends when I looked at her picture. And now we get to be. So I'm very happy about that. Well, there's a bit of a backstory to that, though, isn't it? When yeah. you say when it, best friends, that there's a thing about you stealing people. Oh. <laughs> But let's not forget I was like, let's, I mean... <laughs> let's not forget that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we well, we love we love you for it, so that's <laughs> that, that, that's all right. Making fast friends. <laughs> um But those those you you know, those um um images and you know, kind of coming up with the different um poses um and construction of each of those images you know took took ages um and kind of going some of the chefs i knew already from the 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 circuit as as it were um and others was through instagram and kind of looking at what their personality was and it took you know whenever i kind of do any projects i sort of really kind of go in and you know do the research and do my work um and i wanted each of it to represent and be part of the culture, but also for that person's personality as, as, as an individual. I wanted it to sort of tie in and relate to them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of them, like the the Oppie one, that's very much her personality, as you know. Yeah. She's just laughing, gregarious, um, but not when she's on camera. So we need to... You need, you need, you need <laughs> well. to get in there and, you know, coax her and school her to make sure that, you know... Oh, she'll be great. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen, like, I think one of my favorite things is seeing how far Will has grown mm. and his confidence now in presenting the food that he creates. And, you know, I think I always love and appreciate what he does because he uses vegan and dairy-free <laughs> cheese. Um, but I think it's, I remember sitting with him and I was like, no, 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 you don't need half of this. This is, this is what you need. And then to see it in action... I think it was at the first Amarillo event mm-hmm. um, and to see him come to life. And I think also like you had other PR people in the room who were like, yeah, he did so well. And I was like, I'm not going to take credit for it, but. <laughs> take <laughs> um, all the credit, take all the credit where you can. Bless. But yeah, I think, um, you know, I was talking to Will and I said, you know, I've been, I've had a very privileged life where I've been able to eat at some of the best restaurants globally and like, I think I am always still a bit shocked about how even though you go either, you know, far west, far east, south, wherever you go in the world, like chefs make it such an impact on culture and yet you still don't necessarily see the great representation in our Michelin star guide or the whatever the award system is. And I guess like now that you've sort of established yourselves, you know, you've worked with, I think Facebook or is it Meta? One of the two. Um, and then like Amarula is such a great brand that you've worked with and you've got to work with Kano's brand and like some big names up there. But like what I think it's been nice to see all of these brands come together and support and be a part of this journey. But I'm sure that there are some real difficult challenging conversations that you've had to navigate (laughs) and I guess like just want to lift that curtain up a little bit and like what are some of the real hurdles that you've had to face and like have you ever said no to like a partnership because actually like it it just wasn't aligning with the values Uh, many uh, many times and I think um, 
again, I'll just sort of take it back slightly. I guess you probably sort of do this in your intro just to backtrack a little bit in regards to this entity that um, that we're talking about, it, um, it being called Future Plate, which essentially is a, you know, um, we call it Culinary Village, which is a group of black chefs coming together to be able to um, showcase and celebrate African Caribbean cuisine on a fine dining level, mm-hmm. um, but also to amplify um, uh, black sh- uh, chefs um, in the food space because it's completely... Uh, the the they are there. It's just that they don't necessarily get the plaudits and the the stage and the platform that they deserve. Um, and we're slowly working towards changing that um, and just really kind of creating that space for ourselves. Just to sort of say, you know, this is this is us. This is what we're creating. Um, lean in if you want to. And I love. Um, I can't remember which uh, talk to I went to recently. John Akamfra. Um, he is the artist that's going to be representing the UK at the Venice Biennale uh, next year. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, he's constantly being asked the question as to, you know, who do you create art for? Um, or do you only create art for black people? Um, and his response to that was, Rude. I create art for um, uh, lovers of black art. Um, people who want to lean in, people who want, who are curious and want to sort of find out about the culture, about the people, about who we are, what our history, what our um, heritage is. Um, and I think for us, it's also along those lines that, you know, we're celebrating and showcasing African Caribbean cuisine and culture. Um, and it's not niche, as some, you know, folks would uh, be led to, to, to believe. Um, we're creating for, for for whoever wants to lean in, whoever wants to enjoy, whoever wants to, whoever is in, intrigued to try different flavors, different um, introduce um, their their taste buds to uh, to something completely different, um, and not be narrow minded in thinking that you know jollof rice and uh, plantain and jerk chicken are the you is know it? the the bases of African and Caribbean cuisine, um, and so yeah that's you know what the 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 group is all about it's far and wide and a lot more sort of in depth and has a, a, a lot more layers into that but if we if we go down that road we'll probably be here for for ages for hours so, and you yeah. don't have hours <laughs> so we don't have hours i'll you know swiftly sort of uh, um uh move on to your question which i have uh, forgotten <laughs> <laughs> So if you can refresh my memory on that. <laughs> like, what what are the real hurdles? But I think actually that question is very broad. I yeah. think it's like, you know, when you do events or partnerships, because I know, so you're not just, I mean, the future play encompasses different things, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that you put on events and you do partnerships with brands, but also like sponsorships of the chefs. I know that one of our mutual dreams is to be on Saturday Kitchen Live and have, you know, Will do a cooking element and um, you and maybe me, hopefully me, um, we'll get to sit there and just eat it. Um, but I think like for me, seeing it from a PR perspective is sometimes like, well, it's not enough. It's like, well, these people are jumping through hoops. Like what makes it not enough? And it's like, it's not different enough. Well, you're using ingredients that you probably don't know how to pronounce respectfully. So why is it, why is that the conversation? Why isn't it just like, this is exciting you would do that for any other 
I've done PR and food and drink and tech, mainly tech, but I've worked with a lot of different founders now. And sometimes it's style over whatever. And, and if you're gregarious and everything, it's it's easy to get sort of publicity that way. And then you have a long list of people's achievements. And I just remember, I think I outlined yours and I created a bio and I was like, why is this not getting cut through? If I had just changed the name or didn't include links, like, would they have said yes? Like, sometimes it's it, it, it's the thought that goes through my head. I don't obviously know what's going to go happen on the other side. But what are the hurdles that you face as you are sort of continuing to push um, for better, basically? Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hurdles. And, it, you know, it, 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 it ends up being that you're having to, you know... What I guess the British is very good at is uh, the the soft approach that you have into be tough in instances, but also mm. at the same time you have to play it cool um, and um, understand the situation and then kind of you know navigate. But it, it, it's been two years now um, since we launched uh, Future Play, oh, wow. um, and yeah, it's really should have done some stuff last year last year last month but didn't have the time so um hence why i was i was talking to mr mr j um, um to try and sort of create or do something uh before before the end of the year so we're, we're still having that conversation um but yeah it's been it's been incredibly tough um the opportunities have come through um but at the same time you're when you're building um and especially when the outlook is that it's still not necessarily as respected as any as other cuisines that are out there mm. um the chefs still haven't been uh given their flowers um to a certain extent it also feels as if you still don't have a seat at the table not that we want to sit at the table because we're creating our own table um, and we're not looking for validation from, 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 from anyone. We're sort of going out there and doing it ourselves. Um, but when it comes to being um, working together in a partnership and you quite quickly see that you're not respected on a certain level, it's not an equal mm. uh, uh, playing field, then it's kind of like, okay, I need to we we need to sort of step out of this. No, thank you. Where before, when we were sort of first started out, you end up jumping um, through hoops um, and taking every opportunity that sort of came our way. Um, a lot of the times for doing stuff and no money or little money, uh, little money. Um, you now it's kind of you know what you know we've been going for two years. We've established ourselves. We've done some amazing, amazing. Uh, um, uh projects um we've come a long way and even though it has only been two years give us upload it's you know mm. don't come sort of still trying to um approach it on the basis as if you know we're we're just starting out yeah don't try to sort of feed us this story of oh we don't have this budget oh this is this oh that's that you know, yeah. and there, there's been various different instances, you know, one being um, a documentary that they, um, a, a production company wanted to, to create 
um, very well knowing what my background is and then offering a certain amount of budget. I'm like, are you serious? You Mm. really think that you're going to be able to achieve on this budget? That's not possible. Um, And discussing it at length and, you know, it getting to a stage where I was just like, you know what, thank you, but we're going to have to pull out of this because it's quite clear that you don't respect what we're bringing to the table. So therefore, don't want to work on it because for someone else that's probably just entering into the field at that time they mm-hmm. probably will end up taking it because it will open up some doors for you yeah but when you understand the framework um and you understand what you're worth now yeah you you know you we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the industry and we owe it to the future generations that's going to come after us to be able to take a stand and sort of say we demand better it yeah. has to be that that we start changing that narrative because if we keep capitulating and keep sort of saying, okay, um, we're going to do it and we know that we, it's incremental steps that along the the journey um, and when you look back, you would have made some progress. Yeah. But, you know, if it, if, if it was a different situation, you would have made huge progress. Um, and we can't keep doing that. And, you know, not too long ago, I think it was uh, last week or two weeks ago, I had one of those conversations with um, uh, um, uh, a brand to say that, you know, we're just kind of discussing how things are going to look like next year in regards to the projects that we may work on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I sort of had to have the conversation to say, up until now it feels as if uh future plate has been uh, a passion project because and a startup because as you know with startups mm-hmm. you know everyone sort of mocks in you you you're giving it 110 percent um yeah. and you the, the, what you put in and then what you get out far outweighs um and especially if, uh, as uh, a founder um that's a completely different conversation you know, the box sort of stops at you. And now I kind of truly understand after, you know, some of the projects that we've done this year, especially one, you know, um, that it is an incredible lonely place to be because every one else that's part of the team to a certain extent is getting some sort of reward at the end of the day but you <laughs> you know what I mean You've I got, think it's always you... an interesting thing about founders is like <laughs> yeah. in, in the papers you always see like these glorified founders or like you know she made it on a road to a billion or mm. like and you're like yeah but there was no like easy journey there and I think the accountability can be really challenging to deal with especially like if you've got a team mm. and you've got to make all the tough decisions and they're all relying on you and all the little bits in between and everyone's having a temper tantrum at one point and especially in a startup you are giving 110 percent, so burnout is real mm-hmm. and um i won't ever lie to you i always say this whenever we chat i'm always like i'm really pleased but i'm surprised you're still going <laughs> like pleased a hundred percent concerned occasionally yes. yeah yeah um no yeah the you know that the the, the project's that specific project this year has been just crazy there's just been 
it was just being relentless and you know the sort of analogy of where you kind of feel that you know you you're drowning and you sort of pop up for, for a bit of you know air and then you're just like pushed right back down again <laughs> <laughs> that's what it felt like oh, <laughs> it, just, it just felt like um constant it, you know it was just constant you know one thing after another and at, at times three or four things at the same time you're thinking oh my goodness <laughs> what <laughs> well how did i get into this but you can't just stop because you're deep in it and um you've got as you say so many different people that are relying on you kind of seeing them through this um and as i say everyone kind of gets their reward but you um and the you're kind of you know you're sort of responsible for everything so you can console everyone you can kind of um make sure that everyone is still getting paid by you um and (laughs) but you've still got to be that kind of uh person that lifts everyone else up when you're the one that needs it (laughs) needs it the most because everyone is coming to you and the box sort of stops at you um and that's what that has felt like you know um the at times this year um but there has been some incredible things that's also happened this year in regards to the galas and all the other steps that that we've taken yeah um but to come back to that point of the conversation that I was having was that you know what where we're planning for next year it was along the lines of you know when you do a passion project everyone has that zest and everyone has that passion and everyone really wants to, this to work um and they will do it for next to nothing um but after a while that passion that drive starts to wane if you're not paying them right you know folks everyone needs to to get paid again by yourself (laughs) (laughs) um especially in the current climate that that we're in right now um and you know my thing was that you can clearly see that we're bringing um a lot of uh, um a lot to the table um and in order for us to be able to grow build and to keep the talent that we have um, and to be able to um, have much more of an influence and be much more of an institution within the, mm. the food industry, we need to get paid right. Yeah. Because that's going to allow us to grow. That's going to allow the talent that we have to be able to manifest, for them to get better, to have that space, to be able to uh, be creative, to be able to make mistakes and be able to, to then um be able to produce um that will catapult us to a certain position that will end up benefiting you as the brand that we're working with but it also works well for us so you need to kind of come correct um next year otherwise there's just no point in us having a conversation or kind of carrying on and that's where we sort of are at the moment but Mm. and you know uh our other counterparts won't necessarily have to have that conversation yeah because the industry is already you know um well established they know what they're sort of getting um when they talk about french cuisine italian cuisine and and what have you but when it comes to african caribbean the um the approach will still be that you know it's at its embryonic stage um and 
is it going to have that much of an influence you know is it going to be a good marketing tool Mm. would it resonate with people um a lot of people don't necessarily know this ingredient don't know this dish and so therefore we're taking you know a, a risk working with you my thing to that now is then don't take the risk we'll yeah. go about it our way and then when you come back later on it's going to cost you a lot more <laughs> as it should <laughs> um okay last question uh-huh are you ready i am so this is a two-part question um and just uh fyi if you don't answer the first half correctly there will be tears um <laughs> but i've said it on other recordings actually you come up a couple of times because I think that for me as I said before like finding that purpose and having that initial conversation with you was so impactful for me that I obviously quit my job and then I went freelance for a while I started my own company and I actually only focused on sort of doing PR for companies that do good and are diversity focused um obviously since then things have slightly changed um we needed to get a real job (laughs) Um, to get the money (laughs) yeah um but yeah I think you definitely inspired me to do more for my community so um and that is both Indian and Tanzanian communities and I guess Adam Adam's community too um but so the first question is is there any room for us Indians to have a branch at the future plate table oh oh uh, well, we had this at the um, right, right at the outset, <laughs> where when we when we launched, um, made you look um, a lot of because if I again take it back ever so uh, slightly, um, which I uh, I failed to to mention was um, Vivek Singh and um, um, Iqbal Wahab both of whom are incredibly, you know, um, well-known within the food industry. They've done some great, great, great things. Um, And they are the two that took me under their wings. Um, So I came across Vivek when, you know, doing one of those events with um, Action Against Hunger, which had been um, done at at Cinnamon Club. Mm Mm-hmm. And got to know him and then got to know, um, he then introduced me to Iqbal. And those are the two main driving um, um, individuals that really sort of helped me navigate and get my get my foot into the, the, the food industry. Um, doing stuff with them. And then they then introduced me to various other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iqbal um, has continued to be a mentor. Um, and I will, you know, sort of, drop him an email or a message just sort of asking questions he's uh, no nonsense he kind of gives it to you straight so um, <laughs> i can know, imagine you know when you go to him you better be um, prepared you better be prepared um and you better be prepared to get hit hard <laughs> get hit hard as well um, but you know they've they've been amazing and um so when we did uh, the made you look both very uh, supportive um, and saying, you know, amazing what you're doing because they'd been through the struggle themselves in regards to, you know, getting um, uh, Indian, Asian cuisine uh, recognised and, you know, being given the respect and that it's, um, uh, that it deserves. Um, and other chefs from the Asian community and background were reaching out and saying well what about us you know why and it's just like um 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I love you. Um, you know, my uh, my family, as in, you know, my wife and my kids are half Asian. You know, the love is there. Um, but, you know, for this one, it kind of has to... <laughs> hey, has, if you punch has, out. It has to stay on this side. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know... <laughs> And that's one of the, um, not that, you know, I'm kind of relating it to this because there's so much love and there's so much um, synergies between, you know, yeah. the, 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 the two cultures. Either you don't have to look further than my own home. Yes. <laughs> so, you, you know, I got mad love, <laughs> mad love for you. Um, but within the culture um and especially in the uk um it's that taboo that's been frowned upon for so long and even within ourselves and you know as a people as a community we are scared to create anything that is just focusing on black culture or black history or black heritage because of how it could be deemed or received um and you know i've only now starting to come at ease with that working with so many different Americans and a lot of Americans have been great ambassadors of what we're doing um one of whom who is our biggest ambassador our biggest um um other than yourself of course thank you uh, thank you very much <laughs> biggest, uh, supporter um uh Abele. Um, and, you know, the Americans, they are very much and they've, you know, sort of been doing this for, for time now in regards to, you know, the colleges and what have you, mm-hmm. um, where they've created a space that celebrates, um, you know, black culture, black heritage. Um, and when I think there's a lady in Solange's uh, album who puts it uh, beautifully and says, um, just because, you know, I celebrate black history or i'm pro-black doesn't mean i'm not pro-white or pro you know what i mean and i think that's been really hard for us just because of how we've been conditioned conditioned to think um we find it incredibly hard to really sort of stand up for our values our culture what we believe in and celebrating us because we're too scared of what someone else might say Mm. but us celebrating our blackness, if you want to call it that, or our heritage, takes nothing away from us celebrating our Britishness. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's side by side. It's just like, you know, my uh, kids, my girls, being half Asian, half black, and half, you know, not half, but being then being raised yeah. in, uh, in, in the UK. For them, it's going to be quite... You know, I had this conversation um, recently where for us, you know, growing up, we ended up sort of shunning um, our, you know, African heritage and just wanting to assimilate and be, you yeah. know, part of the, the, the British culture rather than kind of embracing the two. And it's only at a later stage in life that you really then started to really kind of appreciate that and celebrating that side of you and understanding that the, the two can coexist. And yep. now with our, our, um, my daughters, you know, myself and uh, Julia, uh, very much encouraging. And they openly, you know, um, and lovingly celebrate both cultures um, and also, you know, uh, British culture. Um, and 
I think for folks our generation and you know a few few generations down um, we're only now kind of coming to that at such a late stage um, that we know now that you know yes we're proud to be British we're proud to sort of you know represent um, being someone that's either born or brought up in in, in Britain, um, we definitely rep a, a lot harder if you're from 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 London rather than saying British. Um, <laughs> but it's quite okay for us to create things now yeah. that kind of celebrates and really kind of pays homage to our ancestors and you know kind of you know all the hard work that they've mm-hmm. done. Um, there's a quote when I was listening to Pharrell recently um, on what he's created, which is called Black Ambition. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a, um, a CEO or MD um, said that what they are now creating is a return on investment for our ancestors. So, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. all the hard work that yeah. they had done, all the sacrifices that they had made, what we're now doing is a return on investment to say thank you, you know, what you've done and what better uh, for ancestors or for parents especially our parents that when they came over they wanted to sort of hold on so much to their culture and we completely pushed that away to say no we're not interested in that to now see us really kind of celebrating and holding you know what they hold so dear Mm. you know side by side with our British uh, um, uh, heritage that's you know that's beautiful so that's my uh, way of kind of circumventing that that, <laughs> <laughs> that question and politely saying no, no. <laughs> I accept it I think it's a great it's a great answer and I think that is a there's a there's a hard truth there too <laughs> but we can collaborate you know and do some stuff together so yeah. you know watch this Quite. space exactly <laughs> Um, no, I think that's a very fair answer and I think it's important. I think you're right. Like, I definitely didn't appreciate my culture growing up. Mm. And it's really nice now coming back around and being, having this full moment of like, oh, we used to do this growing up in Diwali, but I used to hate this part of this and mm. like other elements. So, no, I think that was a beautifully put. Um, and I love that you included both your daughters, <laughs> who are, by the way, some of the greatest little humans I have ever met. Um, but mainly because they told me how beautiful they were multiple times. <laughs> um, so, you know, they'll always win there. Um, okay, well, you kind of answered the last question because it was about what legacy you'd like to leave behind, but it was beautifully put, so I won't make you answer it again. Instead, I didn't give you this in the prep, but if you were to list your top five restaurants Ouch. in London... I can I can lower it to top three if that would help. Okay, Less yeah, stress. top three. Top three that you would recommend people go to, try out, oh. forego wallet spend. It doesn't matter about budget. People can well, screw their budgets. <laughs> all right. I think I made... I, I can share one. I feel like everyone should go to the orrery because here's why. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely chef Will Chalila is head chef there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be you know quite uh, controversial and, and not have that one in there. Well, that's okay. Um, I <laughs> well, you, 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 you've got it. Um, I think uh, Chishulu. 
Oh, um, I actually just went there at the weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was incredible. I was there. I was there the other day, actually. Um, oh, the team yeah. gave us an anniversary card. It was so beautiful. Sorry. Uh, the team, because Adam and I went for our ten-year anniversary. Oh, I didn't know that you've actually been. Uh, well, I literally went on Saturday or Friday. Oh right. Okay. Friday. All right. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. Who do you think gave him that? That tip. Yeah. You. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate <laughs> okay well we're both so, recommending that one <laughs> right so uh i think yeah Tashu will be my number one um and uh Joke, um she's an amazing chef and um you know every time i sort of go and speak with her she just imparts so much knowledge um and she teaches me a lot about culture a lot about history and a lot about food but all that aside, the food is amazing, as you can attest to also. Stunning. Um, whoa, another. What would another be? The other, I'll, I'll have to say um, Cinnamon Club. Um, because of, as I, do, you know, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, the history um, and the... I hold it near and dear to my heart um, because if it wasn't for Vivek... Um, and Iqbal and the Cinnamon Club, I don't think I would be on this journey that I am on at the moment. Um, and then the third. The third, I'll have to say. Oh. God. Are you worrying about who you're going to offend? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> if you leave someone out. <laughs> No, 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 no. So if, if I, I'm probably I'm, I'm offending like tons of people. I, I <laughs> so do. I did appreciate all so, of the apologies so, so all the fine. way throughout. Um, fallow, I think fallow. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think fallow. Um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I, I, you know, the the, the concepts of you know, what it is that they do. The execution um and whenever i've been there i just feel as if you know what it is that they create is something special so yeah that would be my three i love it <laughs> excellent excellent choices i've not been to the fallow yeah you haven't so all right okay i will, uh, I will I'll, that up. adam shout me when you want to go to <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the next anniversary <laughs> <laughs> the next anniversary <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming and doing this i know that you're a busy busy bee so Mm. i do really appreciate it so thank you no thank you and i just want to uh sort of end on saying a heartfelt yeah thank you to you um just in regards to when we were as you say uh doing the made you look and it was completely new territory for uh, for us and untrodden path um and getting so kind of bombarded and kind of felt at sea um in regards to embarking on that particular journey which has now led to where we are now um and for you kind of coming on board and helping out it, it was just you know it's what was needed at the time and with so many of these things you would have so many people as i you know as it became apparent in you know the recent project that we just worked on a lot of people say, yep, I'll help you, I'll do this, I'll do that. But the intentions aren't pure. Mm. Whereas with you, it was, it's it's always been pure and it's always been about, you know, helping us out and 
stealing a few friends along the way but you know we can we can forgive that part but it's always been love uh, coming from you and it's been you know you know heartfelt and we love you at the future plate there's always a seat at um the events and you know the special events that we have you know there's always a seat for you there so thank you so much f- from the bottom of my heart we love you well, I love you too, and I do love everyone at the Future Plate. You're all grand, and I'm very privileged to be a part of this journey. And it has, to date, always been an exciting one. So thank you. Awesome. I'm going to give you a hug now. <laughs> <laughs>